Hello, Hannah. Hello, Anna. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great after this weekend. It was such a good weekend. Okay. So we <laughs> rented this cabin and it was seven ladies. And we rented this cabin. And then the cabin ended up being 26 miles away from a forest fire. So we yeah. drove to the cabin. I was very concerned about getting caught in this forest fire. And we drove two hours to the cabin, like ate dinner and then turned around and came back. And then Hannah graciously let us all crash at her place. So we still had our cabin weekend, but instead of it in a cabin, it was in Hannah's apartment. Yeah, smack dab in the middle of the city in my apartment. (laughs) It was a blast, though, because like, yeah, we drove two or three hours to this mountain to get to this cabin. And we were just sitting there and people, of course, all of us were engineers and all of us had to do the math on worst case scenario, how fast could this forest fire reach us? And we're like, okay, well, if it's going at its max possible speed, it would reach us in by eight in the morning, worst case scenario. And I think all of us have a little bit of anxiety to say the least. And we're like, okay, maybe this isn't the best idea. It's best probably just to start the drive home now instead of being rudely awoken up at like three in the morning and trying to scramble down a mountain. Yeah. What was also scary is where we were, there's only one road out. Yes, exactly. A single lane. Yeah. For that entire town, it was like one. Exactly. When you're like stereotypical mountain road, it was that. Yep. Yep. So it was like, it would be a serious bummer to get stuck trying to get out of there. Exactly. But it was totally fine. We had such a fun time at Hannah's place. We're gonna have to so post. Fun. We have to post the pictures we took. We went. We we all had inner tubes, so we floated around in the in the lake, and it was really fun. Yeah, it was a blast. We made some glorious brunches. We did. Uh, I made waffles. <laughs> they were so I, good. You're so. I love waffles. Also, PSA: making waffles from scratch is not hard. Like you can do it. You don't need waffle mix. This is my like soapbox of the day. You don't need waffle <laughs> mix or pancake mix. It's really easy. I will make sure a re- my, the recipe I use, I will link in the show notes for this. But you can do this. I was watching Anna just whip up these glorious waffles from scratch. I was so impressed. It's um, flour. Yeah. It's like flour, oil, baking powder, salt, and eggs. Like you got this. That's so interesting how it can come off really intimidating because especially if you grow up using the box mix, it's it's convenient and you don't think to question it. But, you know, it could be a lot cheaper if you just make it from all the in- various ingredients at home and maybe even a little tastier. I had no idea. My family always used the box mix because it's easy. Yeah. And all of a sudden one day I wanted waffles and I was like, how hard is this to do? And the answer is not very you know, yeah, all of my like more adventurous cooking experiences have come from me being too lazy to go to the store to get a box mix or pre-made something. And I'm like, well, how can I make it from scratch at home because I'm too lazy to leave my apartment? <laughs> I do that with mayonnaise all the time. <laughs> when you run out? Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. good one. <laughs> it's really not bad. Yeah. yeah. It, was so- it was so good. We like... We made glorious meals, we did tubing, we watched Beyonce videos and drooled over her outfits. Um, We watched, Henna had never seen 13 going on 30, which I thought should be an actual crime. (laughs) So 
So it's Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo. So we watched 13 going on 30. And I fell asleep for the last like third. I did. I was trying so hard to stay awake. And then I was just like, I can't. Uh, it's it's happening. The sleep is it happening. Was really <laughs> it was so really happy. late. Yeah. We well, discussed in depth uh, Love is Blind. I don't think anyone has ever <laughs> seen the book club discussion that we all had. <laughs> I was like, I could write a dissertation on this. <laughs> Actually, though. <laughs> Oh my god. It was an awesome weekend though. It was very rejuvenating. It was. It was really nice. And then we got home. It was like nice because we had such a lovely breakfast on Sunday. All right, Anna. Do you want to get into our cozy coffee chat? Yes. As you may have noticed, we are going to do another cozy coffee chat for this week. Woo. So I'm excited. Yeah. Should we introduce ourselves first? Yes. Let's do it. I'm Anna. And I'm Henna. And this is, but, but it, it is, is rocket science. All right, Anna. Before we get into the episode, should we start? Should we start the episode with telling everyone what we're drinking today? Yes. So I made a decaf latte. Yum. I know, because otherwise I'm not going to be able to sleep because it's 8.30 at night. Oh my gosh, yeah. I used to be able to drink coffee at like 8, 9 p.m. and be totally fine and pass out two hours later, but I cannot do that anymore. I can't do it either. Anything after 6, I'm like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That sounds delicious. I also have a decaf uh, latte. Actually, it's a decaf coffee with this delicious creamer that Anna left back at my place. Uh, It's like a vanilla creamer. It's so, so good. It's the Whole Foods brand vanilla creamer. I used to buy it from a different company. And then Whole Foods does like a, I don't want to call it generic because that makes it sound like it would be cheap. And the Whole Foods version isn't all that cheap. <laughs> like the Whole Foods knocked it off and made their own version. And it is so good. And I know Hannah likes it so much. So I just left it for her. That was so nice of you. Oh, <laughs> well, your lactose intolerant, So I know you probably won't buy it. So it's nice to have a little treat. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I want to take my lactate for this every single day <laughs> until it runs out. <laughs> All right. So our first order of business, as per usual, in the Cozy Coffee Chats is that we answer one of your questions. So a while back, we posted on our Instagram a Q&A. And- Actually, Anna's nice, but she's the one who posted it. I saw it. And I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> like- Anna, you do that kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> I felt like it deserved the dual credit. So in our Instagram Q&A, we got a question from Casey. So shout out to Casey. Thanks for sending us a question. Basically, he wanted us to provide a tour of a degree program. So he wanted us to walk through the core classes and what they teach. I think it will also be interesting because Henna has both her degrees in aerospace engineering. And both of mine are in mechanical engineering. So they are similar, but they do have some differences. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Anna, do you want to go ahead and kick it off? Yeah. So what I did was a little bit different. I did a dual degree program. So I did a BS, MS program. And so the last year of my bachelor's degree was also the first year of my master's degree. I was really lucky I was able to do this. The college I went to had it. And I even remember when I applied to that college, uh, I was a freshman and my dad was like, you should do that. That's a good deal. (laughs) (laughs) He's an engineer. He loves a good deal. As do I. Um, so it's an awesome program, but the first year, and I would be surprised if it differed too much from Henna's, it was mostly calculus and physics my freshman year. I can't, I don't recall taking anything 
beyond that except for like college prep writing (laughs) yeah actually that was exactly my first year was biology chemistry calculus physics like all the like prereqs and humanities I was able I was so excited because I had taken AP chem in high school so I didn't have to I was my only chem credit I needed and I didn't have to do it oh (laughs) that's awesome I was so excited but yeah and then my second year is where it got a little bit more specialized. And I think it probably overlaps pretty similarly with henna. That's where you started taking statics. I think I also took dynamics. And I don't think heat transfer and fluid mechanics started until my third year. That's also when we took math classes that were a little bit harder. So that was differential equations, multivariable calculus. And I think that's when we started partial differential equations too. We had to take something called like mathematics for engineers, which is kind of like the catch-all for everything they didn't teach in calculus. It's where you take something and you can like turn it into a wave. Oh, uh, Laplace and Fourier. Thank you. That's where we did like Laplace and Fourier transforms. Uh, fun stuff. I don't know if you want to Google it. I've never had to do it by hand since that class. <laughs> but what about you, Hannah? What was your sophomore and junior year? Yeah, so my sophomore year, similar to Anna, I was like getting the fundamentals of aerospace engineering down. So I had to take signals and systems, so learn about circuits. I also took thermodynamics, fluid dynamics, and structures. And then I took all of these along with the various math courses, like Anna just mentioned, a bit more difficult math courses. And uh, we had a special aerospace statistics course and then we also had in my degree program we were also required to take java programming um so that's what we did our sophomore year and then in our junior year we got more into our lab classes so we started focusing in certain areas that's when we also took like anna mentioned dynamics so orbital dynamics is what i took as a junior in college along with uh a core class that involved working with other people, like big group projects. And for us, it was a satellite design. So we split into different subsystems and worked on a satellite that was capturing images of the Earth. Um, so that was like our systems engineering, uh, aerospace engineering uh, lab course our junior year. That's cool. You sparked my memory. All these things I forgot about. Uh, my freshman year, I did take intro to programming classes. Uh, we actually learned VBA, and I'm pretty sure I'm the last class ever to learn Visual Basic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it is, I use it. It's useful. Um, and then we also did lab classes that I'd completely forgot about. Like, um, I think it was called mechanic, Mechanics of Materials or Material Science. That's where uh, you, we essentially is exactly what you sound like. You learn about different materials and how they behave, whether or not like tensile strength, fracturing, material failure, all that kind of good core engineering stuff but then my senior year is when things got even more interesting and even more uh, my senior year all i can remember is it being very specifically dominated by senior design so my college did multidisciplinary senior design where you were put into a team based on like a survey you filled out with interest so i was like i like space so i got i was on a team where we worked on like a cubesat kind of project which are those tiny little 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter satellites and it was cool because I worked with engineers from different disciplines. That's where the multidisciplinary part came in. And we had to make this whole project. And it was really interesting. But at the same time, I was also taking much more specialized classes for my mechanical engineering degree. 
at the same time as starting my grad classes. So this year was a busy one for me, but it ended up working out in the end. And my specialty was actually fluid. So I was taking like compressible flow. I can't even, my brain is just, I'm like, what did I do in college? Like I was definitely there. I was tired. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's been a while, you know. It is. Yeah. And I was also doing research for my master's thesis. So some more specialized fluids classes, senior design, research for my master's, solid summary of my fourth year of college. Fantastic. So for my senior year, just like Anna said, it definitely got more specialized. At this point, I had taken most of my degree requirement classes, so I had more room to just explore what else I was interested in. So I was interested in organic chemistry, so I took that as a elective. So I did organic chemistry one and two my senior year. Along with that, I took aerospace, biomedical, and life support engineering, which we... It was really cool. It was a graduate level class. And I worked along grad students to understand how to keep a human alive in space. So you learn about all these engineering principles on how to create the perfect environment for a human to stay in space. And they also learn how the human body degrades in space. Um, my senior year, I also took propulsion for aerospace. It was uh, required to take propulsion. I also did uh, my undergraduate research project. So you have a senior your thesis that you have to do and um you buddy up with a another engineer so i but i buddied up with one of my friends and we specifically focused on our research specifically focused on nanowires carrying energy in a composite structure so that was a cool project to work on and it's not like you have to go into these classes in these into these thesis projects knowing exactly what you want to do you'll typically talk to a professor and see hey like do you have any interesting areas that you want to explore with an undergraduate researcher and that's how you come up with these project ideas so don't be intimidated when we talk about these uh more difficult design courses or these project courses that oh do i have to carry the burden of figuring out a project for myself And I also took uh, human factors engineering. So this kind of ties well into the life support engineering, but this is more about like um, what design choices are made in, for example, an airplane cockpit such that when a pilot is using different controls in an airplane cockpit, it's intuitive to them. And how do you design seats for the shuttle or for an airplane uh, so they're uh, comfortable but also a smaller form factor so we can fit more people in into a small space. So that was my undergraduate. Basically a flow of like fundamental math, science, and humanities courses along with, I did mention, some fun PE and like acting and fun courses like that. And then of course the bulk of just getting your fundamentals down for aerospace uh, engineering. Yeah, exactly. So again, first year fundamentals, I think common between aerospace and mechanical engineering, you're going to take statics, physics, dynamics, heat transfer, thermomechanics, all kinds of calculus and physics. Uh, You're also going to do, I think it gets a little bit different. I took more materials and a lot of strength classes, like strength analysis classes. And um, aerospace forks a little bit more into more aerospace things. Yeah. Who would have known? (laughs) Uh, it forks more into, you know, propulsion, astrodynamics, 
and aerodynamics. So you're looking, you're, uh, you're analyzing airfoils and turbulence on airplanes specifically. Exactly. And now where I went to college, there are different focus areas. And I think every, I know for a grad student, you had to have a focus area. And I'm pretty sure for undergrad, you did too. And your options could be like aerospace, fluids, environmental engineering. I actually ended up focusing in fluids, even though I love aerospace. And it's because it tied into my master's. But, um, and then normally, but we'll get there in a second. And then most universities, your final year, you, it's where things get more specialized. It's where you get more choices in your courses. And it also tends to be where you have some kind of senior project. Henna's was a thesis with a partner. Mine was a project we had to do with a whole team. Every university varies. And it's something you should look into when you're applying to engineering programs uh, is to see what their senior year project is like. It can allow you to kind of pick what you think will be the most interesting to you. I also want to add that you do not need to know what you're going to major in right away. Uh, Some universities give you the first two years to decide your major. And some schools, like where I went, I went to MIT in Cambridge, and they wanted you to decide by the end of your first year. And in that first year, you can explore, you could research, you could uh, take a research position in various different labs to see what you like and you don't like. So where I went to college, you had two options. I went to the Rochester Institute of Technology. Uh, You could either go right into what you wanted, and I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. I was very confident. I went right into mechanical engineering. Or you could do something called engineering exploration, and that allowed you to take a year to kind of sample the different styles of engineering and then pick. So you had both options. All right. Should we go to grad school? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so for grad school, I went to CU Boulder. Boulder has a program called Bioastronautics, which I found absolutely fascinating. And it specifically focuses on spacecraft engineering, specifically to support humans in space. And you take uh, classes like life sciences for astronauts, uh, spacecraft engineering and design for astronauts, and then, of course, the graduate-level aerospace engineering classes. So I took graduate-level propulsion, graduate-level astrodynamics. I also took machine learning, so I got really into coding uh, in my undergrad, so I wanted to continue working on that. And I worked on a graduate project as well, so my team and I designed and built a autonomous Martian greenhouse for this a program that NASA ran called uh, Exploration Habitat Design. And that was part of my master's project. How about you, Anna? That's awesome. So mine is, as I mentioned, a little bit different because I did this dual degree program. What I will say is the dual degree program is a really good choice for me, but it does not, like Henna had more wiggle room in her undergraduate degree to take classes that she found interesting. I did not have that kind of wiggle room. Because I was doing the last year of my bachelor's degree and the first year of my master's degree simultaneously, I had to be very careful with the classes I chose and I had to stick to a schedule to make sure that I would graduate in the timeline I had planned. And so it really worked out for me, but that is something to think about if you're debating about whether or not to do a dual degree program or not. And I don't want to scare anybody out of it because I loved it and it was great for me, but just something to think about. So... I did my master's degree in microfluidic flow. So when I first decided, like I got into the master's science program, I was like, I wanted to write a thesis. I was like, how do you find a professor to do this under? I was, because I went to the college that I was also going to be doing my master's degree at, 
I just thought about the professors I liked and the subject areas I was interested in. I emailed the professor. I was like, hey, do you have any openings for a student in fluids? Like, I find this kind of work really interesting. And I was lucky. He was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, come on over. And because I was already there, he was happy to take me because, like, I was could start right away. <laughs> so I had that going for me. But definitely just send emails to professors. If you are looking for grad schools, research, almost every lab in a college will have an online website. And you can email the professor. You can even email some of the PhD or postdoc students to get more information on what they're doing and if they have space and if it's stuff you're going to like. So Yes, that is a yeah. huge step of finding a lab is emailing early. You should not just blindly apply to labs or other so in my case another graduate school like definitely reach out to professors and students and the labs that you're interested in uh to get your name out there and to also feel out oh do they actually have uh, spots open to fill otherwise you may be filling out an entire application and they actually aren't accepting any students in the following yeah. year exactly that's a great point and then send lots of emails just do it don't be scared yes absolutely but yeah, that was really my grad degree, is once I found a lab, it was really research, writing my thesis, and then taking specialized f fluids classes, because that was the area I was focused in. I have a very distinct memory of taking a biofluids class with a friend of mine, um, and we thought it was going to be the mathematics of like blood coagulation and that kind of stuff, and it ended up just being a straight bio class. Oh my gosh. We were the only mechanical engineers in there. And I just remember we were like trying to finish our theses while also memorizing the chambers of the heart and wondering how we got in that situation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. We were sitting there. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> and I remember almost nothing from that class. Story of undergrad though. It's like a lot of stuff you'll retain, but also don't be so hard on yourself. A lot of stuff you forget, like everyone does. It's just... Undergrad is a time of just learning a lot, which is beautiful in its own way. Like you get to be, a, you're just literally a student. All you're doing is absorbing knowledge and making friends. But, uh, you know, it is a lot of learning and you are going to forget things. You're not. It is. No one's a robot. <laughs> you know, exactly. And I also think an important to note is Hannah and I had different paths. We both ended up working at the same company for a period of time. And then Hannah left me. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too. <laughs> We literally were like, I chatted with you all weekend, but I'm excited to talk again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm just teasing. But there are so many different paths. You do not have to get a master's degree. Uh, you can go to a two-year college and then transfer to a four-year college. There are so many different paths to get into engineering. You do not have to do what we did, is what I'm yes. trying to express. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Anna, uh, should we talk about our fun book or movie that we've been into recently yes do you want to go first sure all right so i've been reading i started reading this a while ago and then i picked it back up again it's called station 11 by emily mandel and this book won the arthur c clark award so this is an award it's a british award that's rewarded for the best science fiction novel and it's really good. It's this story. It's beautifully written. It's a short book. Uh, we're not talking Harry Potter or Seven Eves length. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about a world stricken by basically a swine flu equivalent. 
and how the population decreases dramatically because of it. It's really eerie to oh, be reading well, this right close now. close to home. Right? Exactly. Like, enough. Please stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> Actually, though, it's been really eerie as I've been reading this because we're in the actual pandemic. And I literally had goosebumps when I started reading it because it hit so close to home. Because I didn't realize what I was. I just my sister recommended to me. So I just started reading it. I didn't dive too much into the synopsis before I started. And what's beautiful about the book is that it follows these characters who are who are part of a traveling symphony in this post-apocalyptic world. So decades after this flu has ravaged the world, uh, these characters that are in the traveling symphony go from settlement to settlement, spreading their joy of Shakespeare. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it the book just beautifully goes in between the decades following these characters lives pre and post uh apocalypse circumstances so it's a really good it's a really interesting read and i'm like halfway through it would recommend i'm gonna have to you're gonna have to lend it to me when you're done yeah i will and i'll have it linked in our show notes as well perfect how about you anna what's been interesting for you lately all right i also have a book which i think is probably good to balance out the amount of time we spent talking about love is blind this yes for the bachelorette <laughs> <laughs> so mine is okay i'm going to sound like i'm going off topic but it will come together do you remember that queen's gamut tv show that came out around christmas time on netflix yes about chess yes so i loved the show and i read the book and it was by a man called walter tevis and then I loved that book so much. I would highly recommend it. It's it, Excuse me. I loved that book so much. If you love the TV show, please go read the book. It is somehow better. Um, and it's by Walter Tevis. And then I got curious. I was like, well, The Queen's Gambit was so good. What else has he written? I was like, I want more. So I read The Man Who Fell to Earth, which is a 1963 science fiction novel. It's only 200 pages. It's not, again, it's no Seven Eves, which I have, or Dune. <laughs> Every time I've been like, I'm going to read Dune, I never make it. I don't even get close. That was me with Seven Eves. I like always start it and then I'm just like, keep pushing through, keep pushing through. And I had friends who've read the whole thing. Anna, have you read the whole thing? Probably. No, somebody lent it to me. I didn't even get there. I went, whoa. Uh, and then just it's, <laughs> never It's a rough read. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter, I can read over and over again. I don't know. Seven Eves, I just can't. Kudos to those of you who can. <laughs> yeah, you're stronger than me. But... <laughs> So the man who fell to Earth, it's about an extraterrestrial, essentially an alien, who comes to Earth and is trying to figure out a way to ferry his people from his home planet to Earth because they're suffering a drought. So he comes to Earth for water. Oh, wow. That sounds so interesting. It's really good. It's crazy to me that it was written in the 60s because it feels somehow really relevant. Uh-huh. And it was also, um, they made a movie out of it in the 70s. So I've never actually seen the movie, but there is a movie they made in the 70s. Oh, that sounds awesome. But it was so good. So, so I've watched a few episodes of The Queen's Gambit. Very good show. And I didn't even realize it was based off of a book. And I'm, and I'm assuming just from the, the storyline of the show that it has to be an awesome book. So I'm like excited to look into the science fiction novel by the same author that you're mentioning. It's so good. So I watched The Queen's Gambit. I was like, this is amazing. Found out it was a book. Borrowed it from my local library. Um, and I read the book. And what shocked me was I didn't realize that the book was written in the 80s. 
because it has some really progressive themes about regarding women and yeah feminism yep which i was like oh my god this was i just assumed it was written recently i didn't realize it was written in the 80s so it's a great book i would wholeheartedly recommend especially if you liked the tv show that's all i got all right me too anna should we close it out yeah let's do it do you want to tell people where they can find us yes so you can find us on instagram at but it is rocket science you can find us on facebook at but it is rocket science and you can find us on twitter at but it is rs we also have a website but it is rocket if you want to learn more about us we also have a contact us page if you want to shoot us a message if you have any ideas for future episodes we also on the website you can find our store we sell merch we currently only sell to the u.s and canada right now but if we get enough interest we will open it up on top of all of that we do have a patreon well i link it in our show notes it is a really weird time for everybody we fully acknowledge that and we are so happy that you are just here listening to us it still blows our mind that people listen to this yeah like when we when we more than our moms <laughs> yeah when we first made it we were like okay it'd be cool if people listen to it and then people actually do so we just love that you're here but if you're so inclined we do have a patreon however zero pressure yes absolutely all right everyone thanks for joining us for another cozy coffee chat until next time space cadets t minus three two one liftoff, liftoff.